Hello everyone and welcome to part three of this three-part series on healing unexplained pain. In part one I covered pain does not always mean disease. In part two I spoke about how to rewire your brain so you can get rid of pain. And I hope these two parts have helped you. And now I will finish this three-part series with talking about breaking the pain-fear cycle. Today, I'm going to talk about breaking the pain-fear cycle. A few months ago, I had a setback of back pain. And, you know, at first it hurt a little bit, and then the next week it hurt a bit more, and eventually I started to notice it, and I started to focus on it. And as I focused on it more and more, the pain actually increased, and I started to worry about it. I started to ask myself questions such as, oh no, how bad will this get? Or will I ever get rid of it? What about moving? Can I freely move about? And I started to fear the pain. And the more I feared the pain, guess what happened? The more pain I experienced. I was stuck in what they call the pain-fear cycle. And in order to get out of it, I needed to focus away from the pain and start to just deal with my fear. And as I started to let go of my fear, guess what happened? The pain eventually resolved. So how can you get out of the pain-fear cycle? In this episode, I will first introduce what exactly is the pain-fear cycle, uh, to whom does that apply, and some techniques on how you can break the pain-fear cycle. Understanding why we experience pain is part of learning to cope with it. Studies have shown that when we think about our pain negatively, we actually hurt more. The brain sometimes amplifies normal low-level signals of pain, such as a tight neck muscle, but when we Instead of noting the nerve message and, and just ignore it and, and suppress it, when, when we amplify it, when the brain amplifies that message, it creates a mind-body type pain. Um, and it's part of a syndrome called TMS, which stands for Tension Myositis Syndrome. A pain that is not dangerous at all, uh, that does not indicate any structural or physical damage, but a pain that is nonetheless very real and can even be seen on scans in functional MRI images. So, how do we deal with this? Of course, we know that TMS is very harmless. However, at the same time, it can be very painful. Painful muscles, painful nerves, a painful back or neck, caused by emotional tension and caused by fear of the pain. This pain-fear cycle keeps the pain alive until that cycle is broken. So the way we think and feel about pain can create more pain. This is called the imprinting of pain. This pain may start with an injury, even a physical or structural injury, something that would normally resolve after a few days or weeks or a bumped knee, or a strained back. However, 
as you think about the pain more and more, it becomes a near obsession and the nervous system starts to hang onto the pain sensation. So that focus on pain reinforces the pain and it can become ingrained in your system. And then it has moved from a normal pain response based on a normal structural failure to an imprinted mind-body pain response. This is also called the fear avoidance model. It was published in the year 2000 by S.J. Linto and J.Q. Vlayen. Uh, and it, its article is called Fear Avoidance and Its Consequences in Chronic Musculoskeletal Pain, a State of the Art. It was published in Pain, the Journal of the International Association for the Study of Pain. Uh, you can Google uh, it, just Google for the fear avoidance model. Then what you find there is that the entry point in the model is an injury. It's shown at the top of the model. From the injury, there is a pain experience. That's normal, and that's for everyone. Everyone has a pain experience, which is a normal response where the body is warning you and, and the brain is warning you, wait a minute, here is pain. And so when you put your hand on the stove, your brain senses it and it causes a pain signal. So you remove your hand. That's normal. There is an injury and then there is a pain experience. But at that point, the paths of the model separate. You can then either become stuck in a loop, which is called the pain-fear cycle, or you can move out of the model to recovery, where after the pain experience, there is no fear, and then there is gradual healing and recovery. But what if added to the pain, you add fear? And that starts with pain catastrophizing. It's a mental, emotional pattern in response to pain, where you start to um, basically make the pain more worse than it is. Imagine the, the pain, think about the pain, and, and that creates an imprint that will actually lead to pain-related fear. That then can lead to avoidance or hypervigilance, where you avoid certain movement, where you're extra careful, avoiding certain activities and certain movements. Well, then that uh, leads to disuse of, of that particular uh, part of your body. It can also lead to depression, can even lead to disability, and that in turn can lead to more pain experiences and you see how it goes. If you are not careful, you can get stuck in a loop and it will be difficult to get out of it until you discover you can break the pain-fear cycle. So, fear is the problem, not pain. Okay, let's dig a little bit deeper into the fear-pain cycle. We need to understand the relationship between fear and pain. The more anxious and worried we are about the pain, the more pain we are likely to feel. And the fear-pain cycle can be easily uh, drawn on a board, but it's important to include another word on top of the words fear and pain. 
I want to include the word danger. So imagine you have the word fear at the top of the cycle. Then there's an arrow towards the word danger. And then there is an arrow towards the word pain, which again leads to the word fear. So we go from fear to danger to pain and back again to fear. How does this work? Okay, so when you experience pain, you first have an emotional reaction, fear. This fear leads to the desire to figure out what is wrong, what to do, what not to do. Hence, we intensely focus on the pain. You can compare this intense focus to the vigilance of a hawk. The more we watch the pain and narrow in on the feeling and evaluate the quality of the pain and worry what might be hurting us, us and think negatively about the pain and about our future, the more danger our nervous system senses. Okay, so our fear leads to a sense of danger in the brain. And when danger is felt by the brain, then that, is, that leads to a heightened attention on the pain. It makes us feel that the pain must be very dangerous. And that in turn increases the pain and then leads to more fear. So we have now gone around the circle and we're back at the top, stuck in fear. So for the next trip around the loop, and for all those that follow, fear is the starting point. Fear keeps us stuck. Because we're fearful, uh, we feel danger and our brain cannot, um, cannot rightly interpret between uh, basically rational danger and irrational danger. And our brain therefore creates pain. So we need to talk about pain and your brain. Pain plays an important role in the body to protect us. It tries to keep us safe. So when our brain receives more and more messages of danger, it raises our pain level to stop us from hurting ourselves. So pain is meant to be good for you. If I put my hand on the stove and I experience pain, that's actually a good thing. If our brain would not send that signal, we would hurt ourselves all the time. So notice that the brain actually generates pain. And the body merely sends the brain danger signals. And the brain then interprets those signals. And so the way that the brain reacts to these danger signals is to create pain. So the equation is danger equals pain. However, when the danger that the brain perceives actually is created by a sense of fear that we ourselves create, then the brain is creating pain that does not help us. So let's explain this a bit more and consider an example. When you break a bone, you don't want to use that part of your body, let's say your arm, because you, you, you will want to protect it from further damage. So the brain creates pain. Oh no, I've broken my arm. 
and that it does so because it wants to keep your body safe and wants to give your arm rest so your arm can heal but the brain does not know the difference between an acute injury such as a broken arm and an imprinted pain due to tms and if you want to know more about tms then listen to the previous episodes if you haven't done so 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 the brain doesn't know the difference all it knows is that the body is in danger so it responds accordingly and it creates pain and as our perception of danger escalates the brain becomes more and more concerned and what does it do when it becomes more concerned it responds by turning up the amount of pain you see what where this is going it's going to lead to more pain and the more fear we feel around that the more danger our brain senses the more pain it will create so our brain is not the enemy but fear is the enemy Let's talk about who is more prone to the pain-fear cycle. There are certain personality types and things that we have experienced in our history that make us more prone to experiencing this cycle. Number one, type T personalities. Type T personalities are persons that have a tension-oriented personality. So the T stands for tension. And they are very prone to experiencing this pain-fear cycle. And I explain in detail what a type T personality is in the previous episode. So make sure you check that out again. That is part two of this three-part series on healing unexplained pain. Number two, those who have experienced psychological distress at a young age are more prone to experiencing the pain-fear cycle. Um, there was a study done with individuals interviewed at age 23, and they reported psychological distress at that age. They were two and a half times more likely to report lower back pain at age 33 than those who did not report having psychological distress. So, that's the second category those who have experienced psychological distress in the past the third is those who have experienced childhood adversity there was another study done and it looked at people with gastrointestinal disorders such as irritable bowel syndrome and heartburn and the study found that childhood adversity especially in severe form is an independent predictor for later gastrointestinal symptoms and many doctors see a close association between irritable bowel syndrome and tms in fact i listed several syndromes such as chronic fatigue syndrome irritable bowel syndrome repetitive strain injury and many more in the last episode uh, that can actually um, be explained by the, the mind-body uh, syndrome or TMS. So these three types of people and histories are more likely to experience TMS and to experience a pain-fear cycle. 
as I shared in previous episodes, mind-body pain will keep coming back until you are firm in your belief that there is no physical cause and until you break the pain-fear cycle. Okay, so now that we know how this cycle works and who is prone to it, let's answer the question, how can we break it? And I'm going to share one, two, three, four techniques, um, four tools for you to use to break the pain-fear cycle. The number one is introduce self-soothing, calming activities. When your pain is intense, it helps to uh, redirect your attention by uh, just doing something fun or, or uh, doing some calming, self-soothing activities that make you feel good and that calm your brain. Well, you can understand why that is important because your brain is in a con uh, continual state of danger and you need to calm it down. You need to calm your brain. And, and so what makes you feel better? Uh, maybe you can brainstorm a list and do this be even before you have a setback or before you have uh, intense pain, because when you do, you don't always think logically and, and just make a list of calming activities that you can easily find when you need them. Here are some ideas to get you started. Uh, stretch and move, go for a walk, practice deep breathing, take a warm bath, watch a relaxing movie or a comedy, lie down with your legs up, light a scented can candle. When you are having a pain setback, it's not the time to learn a lot of new techniques or educate yourself or start somatic tracking or journaling, although these techniques can be very helpful when the pain is less. But at first, these calming activities will help you to just calm the nervous system down. You don't want to be in a continual state of high alert. You need to calm your brain down. And when you have recovered a little bit, then you can consider using any of these other techniques that I just mentioned and that I will include in the next multiple part series uh, with some healing techniques for you to use. So that's the first point, how to break the pain, first, uh, the pain fear cycle. Number one, introduce self-soothing, calming activities. So here we go with number two, and that is change your self-talk. You see, the physical sensation of pain in your body, combined with your mental thoughts and your inner conversations, they create that internal environment of danger. And so your brain feels under attack and that ramps up the pain. So in addition to making yourself physically comfortable, as I outlined in step one, you also need to, to take care of your brain, of your thoughts and of your self-talk. So what could help is just to think about what you think about. Uh, what kind of questions are you thinking? What kind of critical questions are you thinking? You know, when I was in pain a few months ago, I had these kind of questions and maybe you can relate. Will this pain ever go away? 
wait, is it better or worse than it was just now? Is it better or worse than it was yesterday? Ah, oh, when is this going to end? How long is it going to last? I don't have the time for this. How bad is it going to get? I can't handle this. You see, these are the kinds of thoughts and the kind of self-talk that you can have. Even when you're not in pain, you could be thinking, I'm not in pain right now, but when is it going to come? <laughs> and you can probably make uh, some of your own uh, additions to this list. And, and just read this inner dialogue. How do you think that will affect your brain? How do you think that will affect your brain's sense of safety? I'm not feeling warm and cozy. <laughs> your, your words are raising more and more danger signals and alarms that are loudly ringing in your brain. You, these are unspoken words. These, these are inner conversations. And, and you need to become aware of those. And as you become aware, and if you realize that these are the kind of conversation you are having, then um, that might help to understand why the pain is actually not decreasing, but increasing. Because your brain is not calming down. In fact, the danger uh, it feels is only increasing. So you need to reverse your inner conversations and start to send your brain safe messages instead. Remember, danger equals more pain, calm equals less pain. So say and, and think these calm messages, these soothing, calming self-talk, for example, this too shall pass. Everything is going to be okay. I'm safe. I'm strong. This pain is not structural. This pain is temporary. And what you can do is to just continually overwrite the negative messages with positive, calming messages by just saying them out loud. And, and, and maybe even writing them down. And as you do that, it will neutralize the fear of the pain and that will decrease the power that these symptoms have over you. Just don't uh, buy into these negative thoughts and, and change your inner conversations and your self-talk. Number three, change your focus. When you are in serious pain, you tend to have a goal to get rid of the pain. I want less pain, is what you continually focus on. But what if you change your focus? What, what if you change that goal? I learned this from Alan Gordon, who is scientific advisor to the Curable community and the Curable app. He says, success is not measured by the outcome. Success is measured by how little you care. You know, you can just say, I do not care. I am just going to continue enjoying my life, going to work, taking a walk, watching a movie, spending time with friends. And instead of focusing on the pain, just start to focus on how little you care. So instead of focusing on how much pain you have, start to just do life. And, and what's what happens if you change your focus? And I know that's not easy. It wasn't easy for me 
to start activities as I was in a lot of pain. And I needed to also employ these other tools that I shared, such as changing my inner conversations, uh, such as starting with some calming activities. But when my focus shifted away from how much pain I had and onto basically uh, living outcome independent, where success wasn't measured by the level of pain, but was measured by how little I cared. Well, in fact, um, guess what happened? My pain decreased too. So just watch what happens. And there comes a point when you are not in pain anymore. And that's great. And even then, it's important to keep the right goal in mind. Because when you're not in pain, the goal is not to prevent pain from coming on but to change the way you respond when it does. Because even having a goal such as, I don't want the pain to come on, will actually make the pain come on. So change your focus and live outcome independent. And lastly, number four of how to break the pain-fear cycle is use the act-as-if strategy. This strategy was introduced first by Dr. Norman J. Marcus, a physician specializing in pain management and founder of multiple pain centers, associate professor at New York University School of Medicine, and the author of And Back Pain Forever, and the author of Freedom from Pain. And so he used the act as if strategy. What is the act as if strategy? Well, here we go. A, act as if you are not in pain. This means B, stop verbal displays of pain. So stop groaning, sighing or moaning because that unconsciously creates a environment of danger. C, do not move like someone in pain. You see, when, when someone is in pain, they move slowly, they move carefully, but that only increases your awareness and sensation of the pain. And that only teaches your brain that something is wrong physically. But there's nothing wrong physically. There's no structural problem. So you want to act as if. Remember, there is nothing physically wrong with you. And, and just revisit the first two episodes of this three-part series to help you with that. Uh, so you can move about freely. And also remember, you don't have to feel better in order to act like you do. And I know it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, a paradoxical way of, of thinking, but what's, what happens is if you use the act as if strategy, uh, you are actually teaching your brain that everything is fine. And that will actually help decrease the pain. So... Another way you can use this strategy is to use distraction. Um, start to distract your attention away from the fear and onto other things. The beauty of nature, the trees, the birds in the, in the trees, the clouds passing by, uh, the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset, uh, the smells that you, that you smell in the, in the forest. And lastly, uh, to use the act as if strategy, repeat affirming words such as my back is strong and healthy and supports me. And the more you do that, the more your brain will 
calm down. Thank you for listening to this last episode in this three-part series on healing unexplained pain. I hope this has helped you to realize that pain does not always mean disease. To know that you can rewire your brain to get rid of pain and to find out on how to break the pain-fear cycle and reduce signals of danger to your brain so that your pain will actually disappear. In another follow-up series, I will share at least eight healing techniques that will help you reduce pain symptoms. Um, They include things such as breathing exercises, journaling, expressive writing, somatic tracking, and some more. Uh, I'm not sure when I will get these episodes out, but stay tuned for more as you follow me on social media or just subscribe to this podcast and you will be notified immediately when this next list of episodes is out. Also, if you want to be part of my next healing workshop, you can find out more about it by going to my website, growahealthysoul.com and then click on healing workshop. For now, feel free to share this series with others. And once again, thank you for listening and have a great day.